Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Severin Henderson, one of your hosts of the original Designated Drinkers. Um, this intro is here to just give you a little bit of insight on what the episode is about. Ambrosia and I had the opportunity to speak with Eric Rosentretter of Woodenville, and we talk about all things Woodenville. It was a fantastic drink. Um, he brought us about three different samples and we just had a ball um this episode just gets into a lot of the nerdy stuff that we get into on the original designated drinkers we talk about tannins and alcohol by volume and what kind of bottle it's in you get to listen to me attempt to read and all that other fun stuff so it's another episode of the show that we hope you like and enjoy um, as we always say, please leave us any feedback that you have, good, bad, indifferent. We read it all. We appreciate it all. And, you know, just taking the time to reach out to us is always a show of love, even if you hate us and hate the show and you just hate listening. We still want it. So give it to us. So without any further ado and listening to me talk here, we'll get into the episode. Hope you like it. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is Severin. And Ambrosia. And welcome to another riveting episode of the original Designated Drinkers. The podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. And Ambrosia, let us know who today's podcast is brought to us by. Today, we're digging into Woodenville Whiskey with Eric. Hello. Rosen Trotter. Rosen Trotter. Rosen Trotter. You got it, Sev. There it is. I've known him forever. I still can't say it. Okay. It's, it's a built-in sobriety test for me, too. If I start slurring my own name, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Seems like a long time. It has. Uh, so um, I've known Eric for quite a while now. Like At least 10 years. At least 10 Pushing years. Pushing 10, at least. Yeah, I yeah. met you at uh, Delilah's. Yeah. You came in, um, you were celebrating, and you wanted an old-fashioned, and I made a Weller 107 old-fashioned for you. I remember it vividly. Yeah, me yep. too. Yeah. And in a sea of blurry memories, that is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and we became fast friends, and yep. uh, now you're with uh, Woodenville Whiskey. I am. Great. Yep. Been with them for about a year. About a year? About a year. Um, so let's jump right into it. Tell let's us a little bit about Woodenville Whiskey. What's it about? What's it represent? All of that fun stuff. So we started distilling in 2010, and we partnered with Moet Hennessy in 2017. So we've grown quite a bit. Uh, our distribution in the United States is 25, uh, 24 states right now with no plans to expand for probably until about 2026 is the target because we don't want to get into allocation systems. We, do, we don't want our active markets right now uh, running out because that's um, it's a good thing to be as popular as we are, but we do, we do not want our partners that we have in these areas to run out. So a big thing that we have is uh, we get all of our grain from the Almond Family Farm on the east side of the Cascade. They send us the grain, Where's we distill that? it. Uh, it's uh, Quincy, Washington, more or less. So east side of the Cascade Mountains. 
Um, and then they send us to, they send it to Woodenville. So our, our label is named after the, the town name. we're in. Yeah. Okay. And then we age it back on that family farm as well. So it's true grain to glass. Uh, I know it's a hashtag that gets punted around by marketeers and all that, but this is true grain to glass in every way. We're very proud of it. Uh, we were just about to go 24 seven distilling on our combo still. And we just built our sixth Rick house. So we do, we do the slow and low technique or single floor, uh, sheet metal, uh, timber, non-climate controlled, non-humidity controlled. So sub, do you know what a Rick house is? No, that's where all the barrels age, where they get stored. And all of our whiskeys are five years old, uh, on top of, I've got some wine finishes here that I hope you guys enjoy too. So rather than doing excited for that, um, Rather than do, focusing on older whiskeys, because we are in the middle of wine country very much in Woodenville, Washington, uh, we we tend to just riff on different wine finishes. And it, it's been really fun to see not only our brands, um, but also the American distilling culture, uh, particularly with whiskey, really dive into wine finishes. It's, it's exciting. Now, you brought us three different um, tastes, three different um products yep. to try um which one would you like to start with and then we'll go through it you just can kind of tell us what's the difference between each one sure. all that fun stuff so you pick pick the order sir let's do the port finish first port finish okay. so this is our standard bourbon that we aged for five years it's a high rye mash bill at 72 i get that pour on the yeah, absolutely. Yep, there you there go. go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Heavy-handed on that, Ambrosia. Sorry about that. I can handle it. Sunday night, right? So this is a whiskey that we have uh, available in in market all the time. Okay. Uh, it's our one part of our core three whiskeys that we have. Uh, I did bring an Oloroso finish and a PX Sherry finish as well. Okay. So finished uh, finished for six months in port uh, port casks. Uh, at 90 proof, so all of our core skews, so our bourbon, our rye, our 100% rye, and our port finish are all 90 proof. Now so you said not, not crazy high, but enough to hold up in a cocktail if you want. Cool. This will make this will make a killer Brooklyn or a Manhattan. Now you said this one is in constant rotation. It says special limited release. We just that's not the case. Nope. Okay, got it. There's not as much of it, um, and and we don't really. We could theoretically run out. Um, Luckily, we haven't, as I throw salt over my shoulder. Right. Um, but that's that it retails for hovering around, you know, 45 to $50, depending on where you go, respectively. So basically, it's my job being hired uh, about a year ago to really get the word out there. Um, I, I flippantly say it's my job to do what the internet can't, and that is just get out there, press palms, uh, meet people, a lot of advocacy, a lot of education. Uh, and that's something I've, I've celebrated. Jesus, probably since Marty Duffy came through and he was working with Diageo oh, year, Marty Duffy. years and years ago. Um, he really flipped the switch for me that like, I realized that that front of consciousness, uh, not only are we trying to occupy shelf space, if I'm occupying shelf space in a bar, it's my job to see that that bottle pays its rent <laughs> um, on top of like that, that. that front of consciousness thing. Cause we're so spoiled for choice uh, and it's, growing create create like crazy amounts over the last few years so and you're one of the people that i respect to the nth degree uh 
you and your wife. Likewise. Uh, String to that. And thank you for this podcast, too. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Um, I've done a lot of windshield time over the last couple of weeks going up to uh, Stevens Point and Green Bay and stuff like that. So it's, it's nice to hear some inside baseball, uh, actual industry talk. So it's, it's a big deal. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm really bad at tanking compliments. In case yep, you yep, yep <laughs> me too. Myself getting ready. Yep, me too. Uh, but so you know a metric fuck ton about whiskey. Sure. Why did you pick Woodenville? You could have gone anywhere. Uh, it just felt right, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I found the job. Um, I was working. I was doing like some online taste, virtual tastings uh, with my friends at the Beer Temple. Um, I was working at Warehouse Liquors, and it was getting to that point, like last summer, to where it was just like, all right, um, jobs are starting to come back. People are moving around a lot, and it's still happening. People are jumping a lot of distribution changes, brand changes, stuff like that. Uh, I found the job. I was on some job board, and I remember during the pandemic, um, especially at Warehouse Liquors, I brought two bottles of the Port Finish home. And Susan, uh, who's very much my wife and my CFO, she's like, why are you spending our money on this? <laughs> so I poured, her, I poured her a sip and she's like, okay, that's cool. And, and it, just, it, it just locked. Um, I, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in fate, but I don't believe in coincidence either. And talking with the team, interviewing the people, um, it just felt right. You know, I, I've been in this business long enough to know that if it doesn't feel right, you shouldn't do it. And I was in a position to to do that. You to know? do it. To do it. Yeah. It's, it, but it, it takes a while to get there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's a lot of carrots being dangled uh, in front of newer people, newer folks in our industry right now that I learned a lot of hard lessons to. Okay. Know, I, I, we've all had jobs that, I didn't, that we didn't care for. And to be in a position to say no, uh, but also to be in a position to say yes to something, too, is it's something that. It only took 20 years, but I got it. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the port finish. Um, so for listeners out there that don't know what port is, it is a fortified wine, meaning that you add alcohol uh, for shelf stability. Mm-hmm. And this comes back from the time where we were cruising everything around in boats and it could take a very long time. Uh, but port is uh, most of the time sweet product. Uh of a fortified, slightly higher ABV wine. Mm-hmm. So now, is it port? You said because of the boats. Is that because it was on the left side of the boat? I, I wish it's the, the name of the town's the... called Porto. Oh, okay. Portugal. Well, you that's said a good, boat. That's a really good. That's question. a great question. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking like it's just on the left side. <laughs> I wish I would have had those terms yesterday when I was kayaking. Okay. <laughs> Um, so maybe some port wine kayak. I wish I would have had a bottle of port with me while I was kayaking. Uh, For us in our, in our wine finishes too, um, our distillery team is, is really great. We do seasonal releases, experimental releases, releases at the distillery too. Um, a lot of it too is just finding different colors to paint with. Um, you know, finding that balance, that restraint of whether it's how long you finish it in a barrel and where you proof it down to, um, that's that's the fun part because our whiskey goes into the barrel at about 110 and we lose about six percent water each year so okay. after five years it comes out anywhere between i've seen it as low as 115 i've seen it as high as 122 
So it's just finding that sweet spot and and finding because you don't want to you don't want to hide the bourbon, but you don't want to you don't want to lose the port too. Because I've had some finished whiskeys that are just like, wow, that's all finished. Mm-hmm. Or I'll have some to be like, I don't get that out of there, you know. And finding that that sweet space to where it's everybody can get something out of it. And well, for the price too, it's not bad. Let's be the judge of it. Let's yeah. let's taste this let's stuff. Try. Okay, here we go. Um, cheers, cheers, cheers. Ding. Seb, what do you think? And this bottle, this bottle has been open for a couple weeks, so it's it's had a chance to open up. It's surprisingly smooth, um, not real bitey. It, it's 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 a smooth kind of just go down regular drink. I like it a lot. I can see what you're saying. Um, see what you're saying as far as. Um, a good cocktail can be made from this. And as of late, I've been more into cocktails than just straight. I guess you kind of go through different phases in our lives. But I'm, like, really into old fashions and Manhattans and all those now. So, uh, Do you taste the wine? I do. Um, I think I taste it more in the middle, um, not kind of at the end. I taste it, yeah, more in the middle. It tastes kind of whiny in there uh great so do you want to do my favorite segment of the show sure um my favorite segment as well so i'm gonna describe the bottle read the bottle see what we got going on here so we have a nice square 750 milliliter bottle um we have woodenville it's a clear bottle with a cork cast wooden cork cast on the top wwco dot like that. Um, Woodenville, it's a picture of a barn, I guess. Maybe that's the Rick house over there. <laughs> it's actually the distillery. Okay, it's the distillery. I, I still don't know. It's, it's a pretty small facility. It's a booze house. For how much we put out. Okay. Um, straight bourbon whiskey finished in port casks. Pot distilled, 90 proof, 40% alcohol by volume, 750 milliliters. Let's just say... Bigger, ooh, I'm going to need glasses. Bigger dreams, smaller batches. Ooh, established 2010. I like that logo. Um, on the side, on the left side of the bottle, you have Woodenville etched inside of the bottle. On the other side, made in Washington. And on the back, this is uh, the best part, reading. Um, this truly small batch bourbon starts with traditionally grown corn, rye, and malted barley. All of our staple grains are cultivated exclusively for us on the Omelette family farm in Quincy, Washington. The grains are mashed, distilled, and barreled in our Woodenville distillery, then trucked back over the Cascade Mountains to our private barrel houses, where Central Washington's extreme temperature cycles promote the extraction of natural flavors from the oak. Prior to being coopered, the barrel wood is seasoned in open air, Rain, wind, sun, and snow for 18 months, softening the wood's harsh tannins. The barrels are then slowly toasted and heavily charred to further enrich the wood's desirable flavors. After the whiskey is fully mature, we transfer it into freshly emptied port barrels where subtle notes of berry and chocolate emerge, complementing the traditional bourbon flavor characteristics. Distilled, bottle, and aged by Woodenville Whiskey Company, Woodenville, Washington. Has a nice picture of the state of Washington there. Um, again, 
Smaller Batches, Bigger Dreams, GwentvilleWhiskeyCO.com. So that's a pretty cool story. That's, that explains everything you said to us. Um, somebody did a great job writing that up. Yeah, I it's like copy. it. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a pretty good, stu- cool story. Uh, so Cooper, just to clarify, Cooper refers to the person that makes the barrels. Cooperage is the name of the barrels. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so Washington, the only thing that I can keep doing when I'm looking at this bottle and I, when I drink this whiskey is all I can think of is Twin Peaks. Washington, yes. Oh. And Agent Cooper. It's, I still can't do the Twin Peaks, man. No. I, I, I saw that when I was, for the first time, probably when I was too young. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel stupid. I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, You're David, not supposed David, to. Yeah, David Lynch. Uh, it's not my thing. It's a, it's a just enjoy the experience kind of thing. Well, it, it's, really. well and, the, and the fans of it, too, are like the Beatles fans. We're like, what do you I mean? I am not. That, like, what do you mean this isn't your favorite band? Like, I they're am not. not. My favorite band. Oh, well, right. You're the exception that makes a lot of rules. I don't need to tell you that. But, the like, we used to do a Twin Peaks uh, night at Delilah's. I think it's in, like, February, like, Sunday night. We used to play a couple episodes. And, man, that's like a birthday party lens crafters, especially at that <laughs> joint. Like, it, it – and. Yeah. We don't do a two drink minimum. We don't charge. We never charge people to come and see what whatever it is we would be playing, uh, whether it's a concert or whatever. And like, man, that like my first year of doing that, I'm like, I must have done something wrong that I'm here right now doing this. It's just, and it's February too. It's ne- it's just kind of slow anyway. But yeah, Twin I'm, Peaks. I'm getting a lot of orange juice off of this, like fresh squeezed orange juice outside of the what you would expect from the port, like the pulp. Um, sort yeah. of stuff for sure but the bourbon underneath it which still shines and what i do love about woodenville is that you like you said you do get the balance of the whiskey but also the finish of the barrel that it's gone into uh and that orange juice is just popping. yeah and, and this is to me our wine finishes too um are a really good example of uh to the to the lay person or to the seasoned people like myself is like getting a couple glasses out of there i mean the, the port finish is my official bad day whiskey. If I'm having a bad day, I come pour a glass of this and it'll get me right. Um, to to drink it down a little bit, see how it changes, see how it presents itself, uh, especially with the wine in there. And because we, like most distilleries, we open ferment uh, for, for three days. And with that, with all the vineyards that are around there, we actually get a lot of ambient yeast that gets absorbed into the distiller's beer. So wine finishes to me, um, really, really play to our strengths on that, you know. And again, we're not aging stuff for twelve years. We just we don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Um, we we have some experimental barrels, but nothing that'll go to commercial markets for for a while, for well, a long while. Five percent angel share. I don't know if it's necessary to get that high in age. Um, no, and and for me, uh, especially with like a high rye mash, um, to me, like the sweet spot on like a high rye bourbon is anywhere between like four five to eight nine years old you know anything beyond that it's like it's like having like a 20 year old weeded bourbon like you don't need that you're like all the wood just takes takes away from the delicacies whereas a high rye bourbon is a little bit different like you leave that in there for a very long time then you're getting spice forward bourbon on top of all them tannins and stuff like that and our our climate up there in quincy it's very similar to that of you know our, our friends down in Kentucky, the big guys down there, 
The difference is, is that it's bone dry. So it's very thirsty air up there. And that's why we lose so much water every year is because it's super, super arid. It's uh, it's kind of like Denver, you know, like you go into Denver, and, you know, you just dry out right away. Your knuckles start cracking as soon as you get off the plane, you know, because it's that dry. And Quincy's the same way. Interesting. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense because the barrel is the living, breathing organism and it will adjust to climate yep. very well. The, the, distil- the distillate is the baby and the barrel is the mom. You know, nurtures it, imparts its character, its characteristics onto the whiskey, and when it's ready, it's ready. You know, um, like our single barrel stuff, uh, we do we sell single barrels of whiskey to partners that we have, strong partners that we have. We we don't just roll them out. Well, and, so what is what is what is a single barrel whiskey? Uh, it's it's our bourbon. We we're starting to do the general, rye. What does single barrel whiskey mean? Uh, it's just for us. We we get barrel samples sent to our markets um, and. When I've gotten them in Illinois, they, the distillery team will send us or send me four different samples. I'll taste it out with whoever the account, whether it's a bar, restaurant, or retailer. And what are the samples? Uh, barrel-proof bourbon. So From one specific? Uh, four barrel? different samples from four different barrels, yes. Right. Yes. So it's just like a single barrel yep. of whiskey yep. that's not blended. And if an account picks one, uh, awesome. I like that because our single barrels are really, really wonderful. Um, but the ones that aren't picked... They get put back into rotation, and that's where like smaller batches, bigger dreams comes in, because we're 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 going so fast that we can't just sit on stuff. Like if I get barrel samples sent to me, I have to set it up with whoever I'm tasting with, and my team demands a 24 to 48 hour turnaround. I need to communicate with that if they picked one, get all the stuff going. It's a quick turnaround. I mean, we're I'm one of 34, 35 people that work for the distillery, so. Uh, yeah, nothing's wasted. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, so when you're buying whiskey, do you look at age statements? Do you care? I do not. Um, <laughs> I know I'm kind of supposed to, um, even when says I, who? no one says so, but it's kind of an unwritten, unspoken rule. I mean, oh, whiskey nerds talk about it every day. Well, hold on. Yes, they do. Let me tell you tell you why I say it's unspoken, unwritten to to me as a layperson. Um, because it's on the bottle. I mean, if it's on the bottle, I should care about it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. If it says eighteen sure. years, twenty years, twenty two, I mean, you watch shows and stuff. People say, let me have a McAllen twenty two or something right. to that effect. I don't even know if that's something that exists. I'm just making up a number. <laughs> but the point is, they say you know the year, so. If it's in the description and definition, I guess I should care about it. But really, at the end of the day, I'm just a person that's out picking up a bottle to most of the time gift to someone. Um, If I've already tasted, I'm trying to buy them something that I think tastes good. If it's something I've never tasted, it's something we're going to try together and either it's going to be, oh, yeah, this is cool or never buy this again. That's how I do it. So would you buy this port finish as a a- gift? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I am anxious to taste the other two. Yeah, what's next? To know which one I would buy of the three. So uh, The other two are actually distillery-only releases. So we are probably the only people this side, <laughs> this side of the Mississippi drinking this right now. Sweet! Yeah, so um, these are, I mean... They're they're definitely special in their in their in their own ways for sure. Okay, this is the Oloroso Sherry Cask. Yes, sir. Um, is it a different story on the back? 
It looks similar to the part. It looks very close. Yep. I won't subject the and listeners it's, to that. <laughs> well, <and you're, laughs> so Oloroso there's Sherry. Different, there's different proofs on these as well. Right. Uh, that's these what, these yeah. are higher proof. Uh, not by a lot, but enough because same same finish time. So just a, just a clarify proof. Uh, proof sorry. I didn't yeah. uh, just clarify proof. Uh, in the United States, whiskey, for some reason, uses the term proof. Proof is just double the uh, Yes. There's, there's stories about that, and it mainly goes back to, like, the Old West that uh, theoretically anything under 100 proof won't burn. Um, that is not true. Uh, I know liqueur 43 will ignite, and it's 43. Uh, yeah, it's 43% alcohol. Uh, the oils from all the citrus, too, uh, that helps. Um, but the proof was back then, you need to prove it. You need to prove that it's over 100, that it's over 50% alcohol. And if you lit it and it was a blue flame, then that was the proof. Why it's double, I don't know because, you know, because we still use the metric no, we, system. Let's just, just go with, still use the let's just go with that. Yep. <laughs> that. That takes me um, back to my mother's favorite Back to the Future movie, Back to the Future 3. Where they were it's the trying. best one. It's the best <laughs> that's, one. That's my mother's favorite. I like two. Um, but the point, point is, I remember they was trying to see if they could get something to put in the DeLorean strong enough to... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Doc Brown took a shot, and then they were mixing stuff together to try and get him going. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, um, this is the all right. So, cast. so what's the better movie, Back to the Future Three or Ghostbusters Two? Ooh, that's a pretty good question. Ooh, I never heard that one before. What's the better <laughs> sequel? Um, you know, because I can watch Back to the Future anytime. I'm gonna go with Back to the Future. Um, All right. I, I I I did like Ghostbusters a lot, and I still want to see. I've heard that one was not one, but the oh, the latest one, one right? I heard it was actually pretty good. So. Yeah, I totally forgot about that actually. Oh, this is Oloroso. This of is... course you have a bottle of Oloroso. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> so this is sherry. This is straight sherry. This is sherry, yeah. So now, uh... I thought sherry was a cooking wine. There is some, yeah. There's non-potable sherry, which is uh, cooking wine. Um... It tastes like a raisin. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's always nice to have uh, a side-by-side of, of what these finishes are uh I'm sure I have port in here somewhere, but that one's a little more familiar than Oloroso Sherry. That, that's a big educational component. You're absolutely right. I love doing that, um, whether it's a private tasting. Uh, I try not to do it at big events because then you just kind of get lost um, with certain people. That's why I typically won't do a cocktail at a big event, too, because then it can really easily turn into something about the cocktails rather than the whiskey. But for smaller events, uh, I know Dan Kroll and I from Glenmorangie, we did a side-by-side. His podcast, shout out. I, he has an amazing podcast. Um, uh, he's, Whiskey in the Arts. He is like legit like a mentor of mine. Um, he's taught me so much, uh, especially over the pandemic. And to see how he just, he turned himself on his head. And his, even like his Instagram is hilarious. Like put it, putting a what, giraffe costume on at some point. I was just like, I had to call him one day. I'm like, dude, are you okay? Like, are you like, and this is like during like the early, early times where, where things got dark, you know, and, and there was a lot of terribleness in the world. Uh, I called him like, dude, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm good. Why? He's like, I'm not traveling. I'm losing my mind. I got to do something funny. I'm like, all right, cool. That makes sense. Yeah, this is a 15-year-old Sherry. Yeah. Oloroso. 
Um, 15 year olds. Okay. Yep. Uh, sure. Let me plow through this whiskey real quick. You got it. Um, uh, tasting them side by side. Do you guys catch the, catch the Oloroso in there? Absolutely. Okay, yes, cool. It, it tastes like a raisin twice. <laughs> Tell me about it. What else? What else? Um, it, 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 you know what it tastes like? Um, not just any raisin. But those little box of raisins that you used to get when you was a kid. Oh. And then you would turn the box into a harmonica and go. <laughs> so that's what kind of raisin it tastes like. Not, not just any raisin. Like the like the raisins that, that sing and do dance. The Temptation Raisins, the California Raisins. Oh, yeah. But it, is, it, it does have that taste to it. And I can catch it right at the end. Uh, it's delicious. And I love cocktailing with this. Um with all of the wine finished whiskeys that we have. Um, some of my whiskey purists uh, friends give me a little guff for it. But I just, I like painting with all the colors. You know what I mean? Like I like to experiment a little bit and not that I do it often anymore, um, but really getting down to like, you know, sea level and getting into quarter ounce pours of certain things and tweaking recipes, nerd, nerd stuff. That's what I do at home. A bartender's nightmare, a seven touch cocktail. Yeah, I, I well, that's different. Uh, I I try to go, I try to go like max four, but I'll take herbs from the garden, like stuff like that, and really just get like the the culinary aspect of cocktailing, but not. I, I view cocktails like uh, like pottery. You touch that lump of clay too many times, it's gonna fall apart on you real quick, unless you're a master, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not that. Uh, something else that I've really enjoyed watching. Uh, with you and in general is that you're you're speaking of like painting with all the colors mm -hmm. uh, you're an artist and artists get paid I just I like to be creative fail <laughs> you have a creative mind um, but to watch some of the things that you have built over the years oh sure, sure not just like the dog beds made from old whiskey barrels but some of the contraptions that I have seen you do with cocktails have been really fascinating and cool Sure. Uh, I had a Randall project that I had to do a couple weeks ago. Um, and oh, I have a couple at home. You should ask me. <laughs> I, I mean, because who doesn't have that? I, I, I figured it out. I built a Randall. Uh, Randall is oh, cool. a way to like infuse the beer mm -hmm. after um, it comes out of the tap. Okay. Um, but it's cool. It's a showpiece. Like I, I love experimenting with stuff like that. You yeah. Know? So um, I went to a Woodenville event, uh, and you had a cocktail there uh that was delicious and i am not a cocktail drinker i mm -hmm. am a straight spirit drinker um but can you talk a little bit more about how you've worked with woodenville and the contraptions that you've built or what gets you excited about it um i've kind of eased off that a little bit to be honest um but i like a lot of it came from like years and years ago when i first stepped away from bar i started st stepped away from bartending and started doing events um it was like Montrose Beach. I think Asia Brothers was with us or uh, with me. And like first big event on the beach like this. And I'm I'm sweating like Dom DeLuise right now because it's summertime in Chicago and that's what happens. I, I, it's embarrassing how much I sweat. But I wanted to flex a little bit. You know, I wanted to be like, yeah, I want to make cocktails. And I was out there like shaking my arm, doing the thing, like totally Tom Cruise in it. And... After like hour five, like I thought my shoulders are going to explode. Like it sucked. I'm like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. And I remembered working at Henry's Swing Club with uh, with Michael Rubel. And we had anywhere between three to six 
dra- uh, draft cocktails going. And for a place in River North or anywhere that could be potentially high volume, man, those draft cocktails can save your life. Yeah. You, you know, you, you get it down, you dial it in, um, you get the same thing every time. Uh, as a bar back, it really can elevate your bar back too to do some really interesting problem solving and batch solving and stuff like that, which uh, obviously much love to so many bar backs out there. That's Shout the, out to bar backs. Yeah. They're like the un, uh, unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. Absolutely. I mean, I, I bar back for years before I even got a bartending shift. Uh, it's it's cool to see that that's what I loved about coming up in, in where I did is it was an apprenticeship. I worked the door for years, uh, part-time, uh, stepped, stepped away from the trades and into full-time industry and worked the, did work bar backs, earned my, earned my keep. Um, it was a struggle, but you know, it's, if you don't like it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where our industry is right now. It's, it's tough. It's really tough, but ease of service. Um, I mean, you, you, you've run programs before Ambrosia that like, What's your biggest, uh, what's your biggest waste or, or what's your biggest, um, money consumption? It's, it's, uh, labor and waste mm-hmm. and doing that, you take a nice Manhattan, like, yes, you can have a Manhattan on draft. That is fantastic. I've done them. It's not that hard. Uh, it's an exercise in arithmetic and scale of, of boozing and spreadsheets, don't, spreadsheets, spreadsheets, spreadsheets all around, you know, I got spreadsheets if you yeah. them. Uh, I don't. Good for you, because <laughs> I have them with my but, refractometer. But you take you take a four minute cocktail, and you're three deep on a Friday night somewhere, or Saturday night somewhere. You take a four minute cocktail, you shave it down to twenty seconds. You add that up over a couple hundred cocktail. That's a that's a ton of money that you're saving yourself, and saying. and you're getting more things out there. You're generate you're saving time, and you're generating more money for your till. Why wouldn't you do it? Especially I mean, it's not especially if it tastes good. Well, that's I mean, that's, that's all that thing. matters. Yeah, that's, yeah. If it these aren't good. I'm with it. Yeah, these aren't the Miami Beach margaritas on the gun that we had in the '90s because those were dark, dark times. <laughs> those were dark times. Yeah, I think they were called like your fall diabetes after a while because it was just all sugar. That's all it was. I don't know slushies. Right? Well, some slushies are good. That fourteen bricks. <sighs> fourteen bricks and the dilution. A lot of new people doing draft or slushies. Like, why isn't this freezing? I'm like, well, what's your bricks at? Um, yep. 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 Bricks where, is the measurement of sugar. Yes. Sorry. I thought you was talking and, about and cocaine. If you, if you <laughs> <laughs> Who was serving cocaine slushies? Just a joke. I mean, y'all said Miami. Go, yeah, Miami y'all in the 90s. About, we were all right. talking about bricks. <laughs> what is the rim Miami. on this slushie? It's really getting me going. <laughs> Best margarita I've ever had. Damn. Hey, sometimes vocabulary goes over my head, so I just have to assume. Ah, you got to stop and ask us. That's, yeah, please, that's, please. that's your part. Yeah. Um, oh, but proofing it down too, delusion. Yeah. You know, proofing it down meaning adding water. And adding water. Getting that ABV down. Yeah. Uh, which we can do with water. Um, what's the last expression that we have? That is the PX. Oh, I don't sure. have any PX. Good old Pete Jimenez. Sure. I, yes. Okay. Oh, no, we were talking about Sherry. I said, isn't that a cooking wine? So, okay. So, PX is Pedro Jimenez. Um, I don't have any on me right now because I am an asshole, and I use PX to deglaze when I make tomato soup instead of adding sugar. I go through PX like it's my job. I could drink. I'm not allowed to have bottles of PX in my house because I would just walk around sipping PX all day. It's It's one of my favorite things to drink. It's so good. It's a very Mm. sweet, luxurious 
unctuous type of sherry. The one that you tasted was the Oloroso, which has a lot less sugar in it. Mm -hmm. PX is unabashedly sweet and silky and delicious. Yeah. But um, do you happen to know what PX? I'm not allowed to say. Yep, non-disclosure agreements. Yay. Uh, so what do you get off of this one? I didn't try it yet. I'm waiting for everyone to join up. See, good manners. Good manners get you everywhere. I'm telling um, you. It smells pretty awesome. I'm getting like a lot of beeswax. Mind your beeswax. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. 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 I know these bottles have been open for a couple weeks. I think the Oloroso maybe might be pushing a month, but that one a lot of the whiz. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What are we tasting? That one's my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely sweeter. I've been on a sweet kick lately. Sorry. Shout out to my doctor for hating me. Um, <laughs> I get I get a summer sweet tooth. But sweet yeah, tooth too. I've been I've been really on sweet, and I really want to taste this in a cocktail. Um, the one. What's the one where you put the cherry in it? Is Manhattan. It yeah, yeah, that one. I want to taste this in an old-fashioned. Like. And this is the highest proof as well. Okay. Um, oh, because, you would not be able to guess that. Because that pee, I get a little bit like after it, because it's it's definitely a thick whiskey. Like yeah. it, it coats after, you real after. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, I mean, the um, But I get it like, lying. I get the proof Harper that just lies. comes, yeah. Um, yeah. And all, uh, but, uh, this the proof is, is high, higher. So PX is 95 proof. Oloroso is 94, and then the port finish, which is always available uh, in Illinois um, or wherever you're drinking, um, is 90. And that high proof is because the good old Pete Jimenez uh, sherry is just so sweet and so cloying that you need that extra fire to kind of punch through. Otherwise, it's like I was saying before, you lose balance. Mm -hmm. Then it's a super wine forward. If this If this were at 90 proof... It'd be more about the wine than the whiskey. And that's kind of where you don't want to go. Or we didn't want to go. Uh, so your favorite is the Yes, the PX. absolutely. I like the PX a lot. And I want to taste this tomato soup as well. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that, just sounds, that just sounds delicious. It's so good. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but it's bougie. Um, so you touched upon when we first started talking about um, how you didn't want to do allocations. And no. Sev, I'm going to need your help on this one. Okay. Um, I want to talk about allocations and why you specifically mentioned it in the first five minutes. Um, but allocations are something that I've touched upon in other episodes, but um, I want to really break it down for the listeners who don't understand what allocations are and why they exist. Can you uh, start that conversation? Um, allocated whiskeys... Um they're they're the posts that you see on on the old facebooks and instagrams those are the hard to find whiskeys the ones uh everybody Blattons, wants wellers, i won't mention names but we know babbies. who they are um I those will. ones that you wait in line for potentially the really um it, it, to me too with the allocation stuff is is Ameri to me this is american whiskey growing up in that we're finally differentiating between uh, what luxury and lifestyle are in American whiskey. For me, lifestyle are those allocated whiskeys. Uh, I happen to be wearing a Swiss watch, but it's those bottles of those hard-to-find things that are leaning up against the BMW steering wheel doing the watch flex, 
and somebody will post be like, just found this, any thoughts? And it's just like, dude, just drink it. Whereas luxury, for me, luxury is that, but not to be seen, but because you're, you're trying to treat yourself. You know, you want to treat yourself to something nice, whether it's a cocktail or a watch or, or a night out with your, with your significant others. Whiskey. Right, that's what I'm saying, you know? And, and to see that differentiation happen, especially when the pandemic hit, it's been really interesting to watch and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it to where like there's, there's the people out there, the hype hype people that are always going to clap about whatever they get versus the people that just quietly enjoy it and still get those nice things, but don't need to brag about it or, or be seen doing it. You know, so it's treat yourself versus I want to be seen being treated. Right. That, that's a well, good way to put it. Uh, but, but go ahead. So, Allocated, um, again, assuming that's just like um, the spirits that go to select distributors um, of a particular spirit. Well, let's say let's say your podcast listeners, um, you guys do a special episode of a special guest and you only release this episode to your followers, to, yeah. to the people that email you. They it's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Right, whether it, I guess it's kind of like what Patreon is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like a paywall that, that you, right. right, if you contribute, then you get this episode like a week early well, or something to that effect, or yeah, and at that's, all. That's yeah. kind of how we do, not that our single barrels are allocated, but that how we treat our single barrels. It's like we don't just do them to do them. We do them with accounts on-premise, off-premise, whatever, that are already established partners with us. That we go, like, cool, we have a healthy relationship. You get right of first refusal on this because as a thank you mm-hmm. as opposed to, man, we got to hit our numbers. Let's sell a couple barrels so we can generate oh. that revenue. We don't need that. And it's a nice position to be in, too. It's it's a lot of stress off uh, off people on the streets yeah, like myself. Like um, so the exclusivity of allocations. Uh dare I say, isn't fair to people that want to treat themselves. Well, why do you say that? Because if it's only allocated to a select group of people or something arbitrary, it's not accessible for folks well, that why just want to treat it, themselves. Why <laughs> is it considered arbitrary? I mean, I'm personally kind of with that. I'm with um, the sure. exclusivity. I'm with the, um, the privilege of membership. I mean, like I just said, the privilege of membership. You want to not keep your numbers up, but your loyal customers and your loyal followers, you kind of want to treat them as opposed to just letting anybody walk through the door and pick up your stuff. I agree with you a thousand and ten percent. The problem is is that how allocations work in bourbon. It's it's all up to the account. Um, You look at, you go buy it by the ounce in a bar or restaurant. Bars can charge you know, market value, secondary value, whatever they want to do. They, they can blend their margins a little bit and make a little extra something because they had to do some work to get those bottles. What, what I don't understand too, and this happened when I was at Warehouse, is we, we cultivated uh, our regulars. We're not just going to sell bottle X because that's what you want this week. It's like, no, you're coming in for your trophy and you're not giving us any other business. Does that happen all the time? No, of course not because nothing is always like that, but... There's also accounts, uh, liquor stores, that will put a bottle on their shelf at secondary price 
a, you know, a couple hundred dollars, you know, a $50 bottle on the shelf for 300 bucks and people lose their minds. It's like, well, it's been interesting to see because these, the hype behind whiskey and American whiskey and these secondary market stuff, and that might be a whole separate episode, but they've created that. They've created their snake that's starting to catch its own tail a little bit. wouldn't put it on the consumer. As a buyer, I often find it hard to have access to allocated whiskey because of the bare because of the metrics of I'm I can't even get it right. even if I'm a loyal buyer right because it's Why? because it's allocated. But well, how do you get into the allocated club? Well, is the it- allocate the allocated thing is, and I get it because they don't want people just cherry picking. And that's where we get into the model of like, okay, so you get allocated whiskeys. Um, you're not actually selling those. You're letting people buy them. Whereas you get it from the buyer's perspective or even the distributor's perspective. It's like, all right, how can we get this high tide to raise all our ships? And I get it. I think people are tired of it, obviously, as, as you've expressed. Um, I mean, I remember when Old Rip 10 was a free good on a case of Buffalo Trace back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> And now you can't get it. And that's just, there are certain things, like we're getting to the point where I hope it doesn't become a victim of one's own success. Because it might happen. It's already happened. Right, and people are getting fed up. We're not in the business of saying no to people. We make our living providing people with what they look forward to doing all day, and that is blessed. That is amazing. I need to remind myself of that more and more lately. But it's fantastic. That's That's how I choose to look at it. And if people say no and they get upset with us, well, then that's on to the bartender, the restaurateur, or whatever. Be like, no, it's the if-then, no-but sales approach. We don't have this. If you like this, then you're probably going to like this. Oh, you like this weeded bourbon? Have you tried this one? It's on every liquor shelf in every store. You'll probably like it. And so to turn it around so I don't go on an angry rant about allocations and how it's absolutely a nightmare... Broy um, smash. Yeah, Broy will smash. Uh, but this is why I turn to, and so maybe this is the this is the uh, the silver lining here. Is this is why I turn to Woodenville. This is I why I that. turn to brands who have the small business looking out. Like you, you, you have small production on a bigger scale. Sure. But you aren't creating this exclusivity or allocation you're creating a luxury no we're, we're not trying to be something for everybody we're trying to be everything for somebody you know and just really get out there and one of the going back to when we started um one of the most attractive things about this position is talking about not only our whiskey production being the three five and ten year timeline uh you know expanding our market in 2026 things like that that's how I think of my life right now, my career as well. It's like, what do I want to do in three, five, ten? And having this position uh, with this relative, we just launched in my territory uh, mid twenty nineteen. Um, had a rough couple years, but you know, hopefully, we're starting to move the needle. And realizing that, like, I'm not stepping into somebody else's job to keep it warm. I want to build something. I want to be a part of something. Um, I don't want to be a part of the hype culture. Um, I, I want to be frustrated. Uh, I want to be told no. I, I want to work with people I respect and admire, and I do every day. It's, and it's it's wonderful, as opposed to 
you know, being the ballerina in a in a box, which brand ambassadors can smack of sometimes. Like, no, I want to hustle out there. I want to I want to be on the streets every other day or every day. Um, I want to travel. I want to talk with people and and see how everybody's doing, but also um, be a part of that culture and actually contribute to it, not uh, not just jump into the river and go with the current. You know, sometimes you got to paddle. You got to paddle seven miles sometimes. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that sort of that sort of thing. You know, it keeps me fresh too, and it keeps me engaged. You know, I don't I don't want to get bored in this industry. There's too much to do still. There is. There's so much to do. Uh, so, so PX is your favorite. Yes. What? Okay, out of the three. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, so out of the three, what would you? Which one would you buy? To bring to a party? Um, probably the raisin one. The PX? No, the raisin. The Oloroso. 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 Yeah. I would, I would, I would, this is kind of like what, Mary Kill something uh-huh. else. Uh, yeah, we know. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, so I would take the Oloroso to a party. I would gift the first one and I would keep the sherry yes, the px <laughs> the px yeah yes, sir i couldn't agree more i i just i love how much fruit is in the px glass mm-hmm. while it's still whiskey yeah and just continuing to ring true that balance that you were talking about how big is the is the team that makes this fairly small uh, there's a, I don't know exactly how many right now because we're just about to switch over to 24-7 distilling, which is uh, a big deal. Uh, that'll definitely also contribute to the 2026 uh, market expansion that we're um, looking down the barrel of. Um, it's a handful of people. Shout out to them. Yeah. Um, I'm one of six brand people um, working in various states. Uh, I've got my overseer. I've got my commercial director and the rest of them are our distillery bounce. We, you know, we've got a, a social media person because that's completely necessary. Uh, we've got an accountant, we've got a financial, we've got legal uh, stuff. Like we're small, but mighty. All that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. With that. We won't swing at every pitch, but we'll hit every, we'll, we'll hit home runs every time. Well, I'm, I'm loving every minute of this. Yep. And uh, yeah. this was a really, really great tasting. I didn't have to give you a, Ugly face, like. <laughs> Appreciate We've been that. there. Yeah, I have, I have yeah. a camera I would, roll. I would, I would, I would do um, exactly what you said too, Sev. Yeah, I, there's something, there's something like that raisinets, like waxy chocolate yep. raisin thing going yeah. on in the Oloroso that I love, but it's something you want to share. Sure. And the PX, yep. this is like something you want to keep. <laughs> yeah, this is like having family over, and that's what I was about to say. You share that with people to come over to your house, to come to your crib. Always share your whiskey. Yeah, don't drink. Hospitality. Yeah, hospitality. That's what it's all about. Unless you got that dude that's coming over and you hide the good ones because they wouldn't care. I squirrel bottles away for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. But for anybody that would appreciate the grain to glass, anyone in that would appreciate how much work goes into these bottles. Yeah. Even if they don't understand the language, if they don't have the tasting notes, if you know that they would appreciate it, sure, it's worth sharing. Yeah. And that's where we started to see a lot of movement happening again uh, during when the pandemic hit, because we're we're a newer brand, we're not cheap, 
we don't want to be cheap. We never will be cheap. But we couldn't just send people to, um, you know, Longman and Eagle or Franklin Room or Delilah's. Be like, go try a sip before you buy before you buy the bottle. Um, I did a lot of business when I was bartending. Oh, okay, cool. You see this bottle at Benny's? Yeah, I got it back here. Let me give you a let me give you a sip. We couldn't. We didn't have that. So building that trust with the customer, especially working retail for the year I did, took a lot longer. Here, try this little $30 bottle. Take it home. Mm -hmm. This is what I get. I never tell people what they're going to taste. Mm -hmm. um, but th this is why this might taste this way to you. And then if they come back, then you got them. Cool. It's, a, it's like selling bottles. You buy my bottle once, great. It's my goal to get you to buy it twice. And I would like Sounds to. Sounds like crack again. It's. Mm -hmm. Give them that sample as long as they come back. First oh, oh <laughs> you guys. Oh, my goodness. I would like to say that there is a difference between cheap and affordable. Oh, yeah. No, I'd say we, um, there's affordable brands I always have at home. Um, but there are brands that are affordable, but not necessarily cheap. Sure, you got to have a driver. You know, you got to have, uh, for me, uh, yeah, like Makers 46 or even just regular Makers Mark. That's a good it's gateway. always That's a it, great gateway. Yeah, it is. Um, we did. We sold a lot of it over the bar before anybody cared when I was coming up. Uh, Evan Williams bonded. Um, great, great, co great cocktail driver. Something like that, you know, and just having these open conversations. All right. What, what are you looking to get the job done? Are you being cocktailing? Does your family care that they're, you know, if they're coming over? What are you looking to do? You know, let me, let me know what kind of color you want me to paint with for you. And I can do that. One size doesn't always fit all. No, it totally doesn't. Uh, but we're going to be getting into that a little bit more with uh, our next episode, which I hope you stick around for. Yeah, I, I can't leave before I get on. <laughs> I can't leave. It, I can't leave when Robin's coming in. Awesome. <laughs> well, just a little uh, taste of what is coming your way uh, in the next episode. But, um, Seb, do you have any more questions for Eric? Nope, I'm good. I cool. think you did such an excellent job of explaining everything, everything. <laughs> we didn't you. have to do any work Thank all we you. had to do was drink whiskey yeah. uh yeah if only our job could be this easy all the time no, so how do we find you uh do you do social media does woodenville do social media what's what's the how do how um, do our listeners i mean look at it's basically my name on instagram i don't do twitter because I, i've got a short enough attention span i absolutely do want do not want to give the ferret crack um my name just on Facebook, on Instagram, it's all public. And Woodenville has a social media. Woodenville does too. Uh, hashtag Woodenville Whiskey Co. Uh, hashtag Green to Glass. Woodenville Whiskey Co. Um, we're always out there doing new stuff. Awesome. So yep. if you're in your market and you want to find it, um, just ask. All you have to do is ask. Yeah, yeah go to go ask. to go to the Create website. Demand. Um, I go to the website. You can put in your zip. You can find where 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 it's, where it's at, you. where it's sold yeah, near you. Yeah, we've got the geo tracker well, software really, going. This is really really good, really awesome. Um, one of one of the best that I've had. So I really appreciate. it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Well, with all that being said, let us know what you think about this episode or any other episodes that we have done, and let us know what spirit we should get into next time. Um, please comment, ask questions, anything you have to say. You can tell us we stink. You can tell us you think we're great. Um, you can tell us anything. So <laughs> you can. where can you reach us, Ambrosia? You can find us at designateddrinkerspodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram at... 
the Designated Drinkers Podcast. On Twitter. Drinkers Podcast. On Facebook. The O-G-D-D. Two E's after everything. It's got an E. <laughs> and you can visit our website at designateddrinkerspodcast.com for photos of today's booze, cocktails, articles, um, pictures of our guests, anything. You can Seth's happy of. face for once. No, we need that stinky picture <laughs> oh we've got those but we don't need it for yeah. woodenville <laughs> no not for woodenville not at all so um, again eric thank you so so much we really thank appreciate you. you coming through bringing us something delicious to drink and with that being said we'll uh, talk to you guys next time see ya